in doorless chambers, where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. everyone and welcome to the theme park loopy podcast and today we're going to be talking about the the announcement that some parks in the u.s have decided that they're not going to reopen for the rest of the year we're going to talk about which ones have announced so far some of the reaction and some of the fallout from that and we're also going to talk about some of the covid measures that have been taken in the uk parks and from our experience from being in the parks over the last few weeks what's working what's not working, some of our suggestions, and we're going to directly compare that to some of the measures that have been taken in the US as well. So today we're joined by firstly Stephen from Frillmax from the Windy City in Chicago. How are you doing Stephen? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. And we're also joined by Costa Sam from Costa Sam Blog. How are you doing Sam? Theme Park Loopy is the road. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good story. Was that it? <laughs> yeah, that, that'll do, that'll do. Um, all right, so before we start then, uh, Stephen, do you want to just tell us a little bit about uh, Frillmax and where people can find you if they want to find your page? Sure. Uh, so uh, Frillmax is everything, we cover everything to do with theme parks and roller coasters. Um, we base a lot of our stuff here in the U.S., um, however, uh, we do cover stuff internationally, globally. Um, so if you want to find us, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Um, and that is Thrill Max, two words, and Max has two X's on the end. Brilliant. Thank you, Stephen. And Sam, do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Hey, what's up? I'm Coaster Sam, or just Sam, uh, if you ever meet me. Hi. Um, basically, I-, I report and talk about, uh, goings on in uk parks i like to cover kind of uh, things that are a little bit different um but if you want to follow uh, the blog and keep up to date with everything on there you can check it out on instagram at coaster sam blog that's once again at coaster sam blog on instagram and uh, you can find the the link there to the blog um in the bio but yeah follow along and have some fun did it dude <laughs> brilliant yeah just have some fun right okay so did it dude Where's that? For? That sounds like countdown to me. No, it's just, it's. I don't know. It's just like a do do do. You know. It's, oh, it's I thought thing. it was. I thought it was half of the uh, the melody for um, Mario Brothers. Do 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 do. Yeah, yeah, that's where it's from. Yes. Do you know what I've got in my head at the moment, Sam? You know, do you remember the the theme tune from Pleasure Beach? Do 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 do. The rides, the experiences. The shops and blah blah blah. Yeah, Wait, sorry, what, what, one more time. What was that? <laughs> what was it? You know, the the pleasure beat. You know, it's got its theme tune. I can't. Remember. Oh, it just skipped my to, mind. Actually, it, can you give us a rendition? It goes do 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 do. The rides, the shows, the experiences, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's something like that. Anyway, are, are we in Pleasure Beach right now? I feel like we're there. 
with uh, the rides, the shows, the shops, <laughs> the shops, the the roller coasters. I don't, I don't it's better know. than the it's better than the mildly mildly enthused man at the beginning of Revolution. The, be prepared for the ride of your life. Yeah, you know, no, he yeah, sounds it's... so bored during it. He's like, oh god, they go. Pleasure Beach enemies do this voiceover again. I know. Well, it's weird because you go a bit from the uh, Pepsi Max where they've got this new theme tune. It's like going, it's going, do 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 do, and you're getting like really pumped up. And then you get to the top of Revolution. Finally, you are about to experience the most thrilling ride of your life. And it's like, well, maybe I'm not sure. Well, do you know what, Ryan? Actually, I have to say this. Yeah. So I went, I went on Revolution. You know, with you thinking, oh, come on, it's just, it's just a loop. That's all the ride is. It is one loop. I've done. A good few loops by now. I think I can take it. Oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting it to be as intense as it was. I, I couldn't, I almost couldn't open my eyes as we were going backwards. Oh gosh. Yeah, we have uh, a few of the, well, we have one of those for sure here in the US. Uh, it's at a place called Frontier City, and ours is called Diamondback. And uh, it's fantastic. The airtime you get popping up into the little break run to go backwards those little pops of the air are awesome for an aero coaster it's awesome yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. i mean to say to say that um icon is the the brand new mac uh double launch coaster i actually do think the launch on revolution which is a, a catch car and i think that that really does uh, catch you out. I think actually, yeah. I don't. I don't think, especially if you're at the back, you, it's almost like, even though it's the track isn't that long, it's like you're waiting forever, and then you know you're going to drop down into that loop, um, and it's such a snappy launch. Like every time, it always catches me out. But going backwards through a loop, it, it just feels so unnatural. It just feels so unusual. So, but you know, it's a it's a good ride. But the problem is, you've got to climb up all those stairs. So, you know, it's probably, you know, once a trip, you know, kind of ride, I guess, because of all those stairs. Well, I mean, by the time you get to the top of the stairs, you're sort of ready to sit down on the ride, aren't you, after that? I mean, you've done your workout for the day, work off those donuts that you've just eaten. Yeah, apart from apart from during our visit where it was really windy and rainy and the whole of the ride was basically swaying from side to side. <laughs> and so we're at top of the tower just holding on going, oh my God, how could you even work up here? So uh, it's not the best. It's not the hey, best. Yeah, could they not just have one big elevator and just send up 25 people at a time or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe. But, I mean, the the queue, the queue is literally the tower. So the, <laughs> prob- the problem is uh, they'd have to have the queue underneath and then it'd be going all over the place. So it's completely mad. But it's a good ride. We like credit, it. Yeah, credit where credit's due. Revolution packs a really good punch. Yeah, really good. I was very impressed. I think that was actually one of that was the biggest surprise of the entire trip for me. Yeah, yeah, and 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 going on the back row of the Pepsi Max big one as your first ride. So mm. that that has to be a highlight as well. I think. Oh, it was. Oh, it was. Yeah. Right. Okay. So kicking off then. So so this week uh, we've already had uh, some Cedar Fair Park. Uh, parks and some other parks that have announced in the US that they've decided that they're not actually now going to open or they're going to close for the rest of the season now in the US and they're not going to reopen again until 2021. So Stephen, um, I, I mean I saw the parks, uh, the list, uh, there was there was a fair few up to yesterday so I don't know if there's been any more announcements since but could you give us a bit of a recap 
uh, as to the, the parks that we're talking about and also what's the reaction been uh, to the decision to not open for the rest of the 2020 season? Yeah, uh, great questions. Um, so to start with, uh, so this all started about a week ago um, within the last few days uh, and this started with Universal Studios out of Orlando. Um, they announced that they were, for the first time in 30 years, they are not going to have their Halloween Horror Nights event. And so that happened, and I said immediately, watch out, this is going to have big ripple effects. When a major, major park like that announces something, you know, a lot of the smaller parks look to those bigger parks and say, if they could do it, we can. So they canceled it, and then within a just a couple of days after that, Cedar Fair announced uh, a bunch of revisions to their schedule for this year. Um, so to kick this off, uh, we have Cedar Point uh, is going to not have their haunt event that they've had every year. Uh, instead, they're going to do a toned-down version of it. It's going to be called Trick or Treats Fall Fest. It's going to start September 21st, and it's going to be for Saturdays and Sunday only. That goes until November 1st. Uh, November 1st is their last day of operation. Kings Island canceled their haunt event and their Winterfest event. Um, they're going to be doing the same toned-down version of Cedar Point, Trick or Trick it tricks and treats fall festival it's going to start september 26th um and uh, presumably their last day of operations also going to be november 1st they haven't said right now uh knott's berry farm will remain open all year uh, it is a park that is open year round uh, but they did cancel their Knott's scary farm event uh, for halloween dorney park and worlds of fun uh, announced that their last day of operation will be on Labor Day, so that's September 7th. So it's um, one month from today. They've decided not to be open uh, in the fall. And then uh, the saddest news comes out of California's Great America, King's Dominion, Carowinds, and Valley Fair have all announced that they will not open at all this season. They haven't reopened and they will remain closed. Michigan's Adventure said that they will not open the dry park um, during the summer, but presumably they probably won't open for the rest of the season because if they're not going to open the dry park for the summer, I don't see them opening up for September and October, especially if they're not going to have a haunt event. So we suspect they're going to remain closed for the rest of the season. Same goes for Canada's Wonderland. Uh, Canada's Wonderland says that plans are still being announced. However, they have not reopened. They are located, obviously, in Canada. Canada has much um, uh, stricter regulations when it comes to reopening and, and public health than the U.S. does. So they haven't opened yet. And being the first week in August, we suspect that they're not going to open uh, for the rest of the season as well. Um, the reaction here has been mixed. Um, you know, a lot of people are disappointed. However, I would say much a much higher percentage of people expected something like this to happen, especially from parks that haven't um, 
opened yet. So that's been the response so far. Um, there are still a few Six Flags parks. I don't uh, know every park that's not open, but I do know my home park, Great America. The water park has reopened. The dry park has not. Um, we have seen a lot of um, testing of the roller coasters. There's been footage of the park testing their rides. Um, so some people think that that's a great sign that we're about to open, reopen. Uh, I don't think that. I think it's just a maintenance thing. I think they've, you know, they've torn their trains down for the winter. They've rebuilt them. Um, they've put them back on the track. They need to run that a certain amount of times to make sure their maintenance was done correctly. I think that's what's going on. Um, but there is signs of life. Other than that, um, you know, the reaction's been kind of, kind of as expected so what's the so what's the how does that work practically so if um so have you have you got a season ticket for any of these parks that have decided not to close or do you know of people who have season tickets and what's happening as a result how are they being compensated for these closures sure sure um so i have three season passes uh well i've got a membership and then two season passes. I have a season pass to Indiana Beach. That's nothing. It's just a local park. Um, uh, so that one is just, it was only $55 US. So it was pretty cheap. It's only good for this season. Um, and I feel like you're getting what you're paying for in there because they've been open. Uh, when it comes to Six Flags, uh, I have a Diamond Elite membership there, top tier membership. Uh, altogether, that and my Flash Pass runs me about $55 a month. Um, and I've only been to two Six Flags parks this season. Um, and we're already in the eighth month. I've been paying $55 a month this whole time. Um, so I'm starting to question if there's real value there. However, my pa my membership does work at other Six Flags parks, especially you know since my home park isn't open. Um, so I've been to St. Louis and I've been to Georgia. I will be going to my home park's water park this Sunday. Um, so that'll be the third time I've visited a Six Flags. It's a major contrast from a normal season where I'm there probably three times a month, four times a month. Um, so to only go to a Six Flags Park two days so far, um, I'm, I'm not really getting the value there. A lot of members are really outraged about it and starting to cancel memberships, so that's a problem. Um, all that they've done is say whatever tier you're at so if you're a gold you get bumped up to the next tier for free but that's only for this season um, so which yeah. is a, which is a problem because if you're bumping me up a level but my home park still closed and I can't travel four or five hours away to another park essentially the upgrade you're giving me is not valid right no no um, so they are doing that. Um, and that's about all that they're doing. They have added some extra perks if you haven't canceled your membership. We've covered another previous shows, so I won't go into those specifically. They've added a few extra perks. I don't think it justifies the cost. Um, so I'm surprised that they've not... Um, so what's happened over here? Um, the only... I mean, we don't really have anything uh, as comparable to that apart from I've got the Merlin Premium Annual Pass, so right. I paid... I don't know, £130, something like that, for the year. And that allows me to get into any Merlin attraction. Now, what they've done is, because they were closed for a number of months, 
they have extended the membership into next year. So I already, as part of the offer that I got, it already went up to next March anyway. But as it stands, I now have it up until next August. So I'm getting, so basically uh, they've kind of compensated me by extending the length of the pass. So is there a reason why Six Flags have not done that? Or, you know, I said, well, take a fr- um, a few free months or, you know, is, is there a reason why they've decided not to do that? The only thing that they say is that every month that your home park is closed will add that month on to the end of your membership. So, for instance, if I were to cancel my membership today, I would have um, five months free. So it wouldn't expire until five months from now if I were to cancel today. So it's very similar to what Merlin's doing. I will say, hands down, in my opinion, the best company, chain, that has um, dealt with this issue is Cedar Fair. Um, I bought a Cedar Fair Platinum Pass that was around 250-ish US um, for that. And then I bought the um, all-season dining. So you're looking at about 120, 140, somewhere around there. I think it was altogether 370 or 380 US um, for those two. Um, But what they said is any pass that's bought this season is what they're advertising right now. Any pass bought this season will be also valid for all of next season as well. So it's not just adding on the additional months. It's giving you the entire season next season to do whatever you want to do with your pass. So that's really great value for what they're doing. And I, I also feel like King, uh, well, um, Cedar Fair um, is handling the, the procedures better. They're handling the crowds better. And um, I feel a lot safer at a Cedar Fair park. Mm. Okay, brilliant. Sam, what, for, as an outsider and you've seen this uh, news start to emerge over the last few days, what, what's your reaction to these parks making these difficult decisions over in the US? What, what's your opinion on this? Well, I, I, th- I think it's a, a, a massive shame for big parks. You know, I mean, immediately what stood out was the fact that, you know, something like Carowinds, which is obviously so famous for having these mega coasters and rides, you know, to obviously not be not be opening for the entire season. That's going to have huge effects. Um, I mean, obviously, on the local economy and, and, and surrounding areas, but also just a shame for, for people not to be able to experience and kind of get that escapism. Um, but, I mean, obviously, it's happened for a reason. And Nobody wanted it to happen, but if it's got to, if they've got to be closed, and that's that's the easiest way through this with, with the current situation in the U.S. obviously changing on a daily basis. You know, I think, I think then that that's that's what's going to happen. I just feel sorry for, for people you know such as yourself, Stephen, who have annual passes and who potentially have, um, have have that kind of not wasted, but, well, you know, you can't really use it. So, um, but what I was going to ask, um, Stephen, was did. Uh, I know. I know you mentioned that uh, Cedar Point and like potentially a couple of other Cedar Fair parks. You, you were saying they were doing um, a Halloween, like trickle, like a, a reduced version, so like a trick or treat, winter fall, or anything like that. Um, 
One of the questions that potentially has sort of been raised here in the UK with, with regards to haunts and Halloween is that could they just do kind of scare zones that kind of allow for that distance, distancing to, to happen? Um, do you think that's something you could see working uh, in somewhere, for example, like Cedar Point? Or do you think that's they've just they've completely gone away with that idea entirely? So what I think, so it's, it's the event's called Tricks and Treats. So it makes me think that there's going to be, uh, you know, treats makes me think that they're going to have some, some food items that are probably going to be upcharges, right? But some unique food items, so that's the treats. And Tricks, it leads me to believe maybe not scare zones in the sense with actors. I don't think we're going to see any live actors this year in any haunt period i think here in the u.s anyways i think um they can decorate the park they can have the lighting the fog they can have all that going i think that's the best way for them to to do it where you get that halloween vibe but i don't think we're going to be seeing haunted houses i i will say six flags they've been they've had the most interesting take on this because they're saying we're going to have our fright fest this year at our parks that are open we're having this they've sent out a survey and it's asked all kinds of things like, well, would you come to the event if it was a toned down event? Well, should we call it Fright Fest if it's toned down? Well, mark the following attractions you would feel safe with. And, and a couple of them, like one of them was a drive-through experience where you would drive your car through some kind of zone and zombies would attack the outside of your car. Yeah, I um, saw that. How... how- that sounds really, really dangerous to me. Like, I, I were, when I saw that announced, uh, well, when when it was suggested, I was, um, I was racking my brain as to the logistics of that because the only way that could be safe is if the zombies say, said, "Oh, kindly, can you just uh, park up to the side and and maybe can I have your key as well, just so I know that you're not going to just drive off into everyone." I, I just can't understand I, how that could be safe at all. Well, I I think of it like think of it as if let's let's say they had fencing um, that you drove in between fencing on either side of you and the right, okay. zombies would run up to the fences, right? So that they're never in contact with your car. There's a barrier between them and your car. They might do something like that. It might be something where it's off in the distance, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe they squirt a water gun at you or something. My bigger concern is what happens if you scare somebody who's in a car um, driving and you yeah. scare them so bad that they stomp on the accelerator and just I mean, now you could have a traffic accident, right? They could hit the person in yeah. front of them or run into the barriers. I think that's a terrible idea, but if, but they're trying to figure like, it out. Yeah, it feels like I, that couldn't work for me unless they you had to stop your car and you had to turn your engine off. And but it's not very immersive, is it? If you someone has to keep reminding you. One thing um, I did think about is uh, maybe similar to how. Disney is doing the safari now in uh, Animal Kingdom where they've got the big trucks and then they're spacing people out in the trucks out there with like dividers and then they're kind of facing outwards and I wonder if something I've I've seen this in the US it's not really something we do over here where they kind of do these pumpkin patch tours don't they where everyone gets in a truck and then they kind of drive around and the stop and things happen you know maybe 
that could be doable. You know, if they could safely put a few different people in the back of, you know, uh, like a lorry or vehicle and something like that, maybe. That they do do um, at Tully's Farm. I know they do. They do the haunted hayride, which is um, a similar idea. You know, you have a, yeah. a, a toad kind of a, um, a toad, a toad, uh, like seated thing in the back of a tractor, and then you have scenes that happen around you. Um, yeah, you're right. That could definitely work. But I was just having a look. I think one of the events that was announced was called the Haunted Road. Was it in Florida? Um, which was one of those drive the drive through horror event. Um, that was one of the ones that was announced in flight. That's meant to be happening in the central Orlando area. Um, and it seems from all their advertising, and I've just checked the website, and what it seems that they're doing is that they're claiming, or it looks to be, that like scenes are going to happen literally right outside your window, and you're going to have that kind of film interaction. But, I mean, just to echo what you guys were saying, I don't see how that could possibly be right, unless the car itself was towed, but then... Because how are you how are you going to guarantee the safety of your actors, unless you had a full size barrier between you and the car? But then that would, I mean, it would work in a zombie style effect, you know, with them banning on like the wire fencing or whatever. But anything else, it would kind of create a bit of a separation, you know. Yeah, and and the only other thing I could think of is is if they have a, an outdoor trail that you walked in. And they didn't have real people. They have animatronics out on the trail. That's the only other way I could think that they could do this. I just don't think um, it's safe, uh, not only for the actors, but for the um, for the guests. The other issue is the theming of certain haunted houses, right? I know that there are certain haunted houses I've been to where they're themed to a hospital or they're themed to a quarantine or they're themed to something like that. I don't think haunted houses can have that theme this year, just from a political correctness standpoint. No, no. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess some people might see the the irony of it, I guess. Uh, But yeah, I can imagine it's probably a bit of a sensitive topic. Um, I think we had one at Alton Towers that was similar. Um, I can't remember what it was called, Sam. But yeah, I think those kind of themes are probably over. I think... In was the, it was it the sanctuary? I don't. I, I can't remember. Uh, Alton Towers. It was one where you went into like a. It was a bit like a, a hospital and like a kind of mm-hmm. zone. Uh, I, think, think, I think. I think. I think it was called the, uh, the, the this the sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, so I think what it's looking like in the UK is um, a few scare attractions have been cancelled, but then some still seem to be going ahead. Um, and it's kind of a mixed bag. It's not like the ones that have scare houses are the ones that are cancelled. It's like being a mixed bag. Some still seem to be going ahead that normally have the scare mazes. And others are going ahead that are normally a bit different. But we were talking about this before. And um, I feel like the safest way to do this is probably to have the scare zones. Probably have fencing or barriers between people. And people can kind of walk through in their kind of family group kind of in space sort of sections and then people kind of do scares but from a distance so from at least sort of two or three meters but ideally also through a barrier as well and i think it can be done well like i was i was saying you know you could have like these kind of barbed wire fencing and you could have like zombies looking like they're trying to get into 
you know, the uh, the area where you are through the fence. You could have like a kind of hillbilly kind of village where you could have, you know, people sort of popping up behind, you know, wooden fences and, you know, people in like, out of windows and things. So I think, but you have to kind of use your imagination a bit, I think, to kind of put these together. And I kind of wonder whether we've actually got enough development time now to actually deliver those types of attractions. So I think we're just going to have to wait and see. I don't think any, anything is clear yet. Well, I think the um, if, if you look at some of the scare zones that were done at like Universal and places like that, they they have a giant they have like big stages with like shows that like mini shows that happen so i definitely think you know if an actor was on a big stage that was obviously two meters away from the rest of where the crowd would be gathering or would be kind of just you know sort of distanced around and then you could just have like markers around each of the different like stage points throughout the scare zones which the actors would be on and then you could have like um, you know you, your social bubble or whatever you want to call it could be on um, on your kind of your marker that would be obviously separated socially distance wise and then all the actors and performers would be on the stage themselves um, and that could potentially you know make sure everything was copious mentors obviously with everyone wearing masks I mean that could that could work surely sure you know I think the issue here in the US with that is you got places like Cedar Point that not all of their rides are open. A lot of their coaster, you know, I can't say a lot, but a, a few of their roller coasters aren't even open this season because they don't have the staff to run their rides. So I don't know in the U.S. if the staff is there to be able to pull something like that off. I know that's why I think it's it's got to be uh, animatronics. It's got to be just decorations. It's it's. I think, you know, again, it's it's a little bit different here in the U.S. It's, it's you know, you got, it seems like um, over there uh, in Great Britain, it seems like things are going a little bit better. It seems like your numbers are better. It seems like um, things are, are definitely being handled um, more efficiently than they are here. But that's what's dictating all of this, right? And And the other thing is, Every week that goes by, we keep getting more and more bad news about parks closing or canceling events. And the fear within the community, the enthusiast community, is how much longer is, is our season really going to be? We feel like this could end any week now. That, you know, Once we get into September, that we're really in rocky times right now. That so many parks are either not going to open now or are closing on September 7th that what happens with Six Flags and other parks? Are they even going to have an October event? We, we have no idea. Yeah, and I think that's to be seen over here because I think if, if we have another spike, then, you know, things are probably going to happen again. They may have to close down the parks again, but fingers crossed that isn't going to happen. Um, so let's move on uh, a bit now, talking about some of the measures that have been put in place uh, at the parks. So... Both myself and Sam, we've been around uh, a few of the different UK parks uh, already um, over the last few weeks. Experience for me uh, really varied. Uh, I found at Alton Towers, um, it was it was definitely uh, very efficient, very organised. Um, still, it was a little bit tricky with the spacing in the queues. 
they had all the markers in the queue line. Sometimes people were following it and sometimes they weren't. It really depended on if you had someone in front of you who was observing it and you had someone at the back of you who was observing it and then it felt okay. But if you had someone behind you who decided to move up a bit closer... And what I noticed um, in a lot of the queues, especially the uh, Wickerman queue, I, I, I didn't even think of this, but they have to be really careful not to put people... It's not just the distance between the people in front of you, but it's also side to side as well. So you sometimes have really massive spaces. You know, you could have a point and then maybe four metres down another point and then another point could be six metres down because otherwise they're going to be side by side with you. So I didn't even consider that. And I think that's what is driving a little bit of non-compliance in the parts. Because I think some people are kind of looking at that and going, well, why isn't there another marker there? Why is that marker all the way over there? Surely that can't be right. And I don't think it's really quite registering with them. Um, Alton Towers, what they're doing is as soon as you went into a ride building... There was someone outside who said, right, you need to put your mask on now. You need to put your mask on. So you had to put your mask on, etc., etc., and everything was fine. Now, uh, Blackpool Pleasure Beach, very similar. Um, there was a requirement to wear your masks on the ride, but there didn't seem to be a requirement to wear your mask in the ride building. Although we did anyway, but that I, I didn't. That didn't seem to be a rule. I might. I might be wrong. Um, spacing a little bit trickier at Pleasure Beach. Pleasure Beach is such a smaller park, the queue lines are such shorter than the ones you'll find at Orland Towers. Spacing was was difficult at times. On the Friday when we were there it was a little bit quieter. We found spacing a little bit easier. But the Saturday the park felt really busy. Um I think the I think the capacity at Pleasure Beach is is probably just under fifteen thousand really, and that would be absolutely rammed on a normal day. Uh, from what I've heard, they've reduced the capacity down to around seven thousand, but with the measures in place, still feels really busy. Um, and and Sam will probably tell you if he felt it was busy as well. And then uh, at Flamingo Land, which is kind of like um, it's a more um, Whereas Pleasure Beach and Alton Towers probably have like an international reputation, uh, Flamingoland probably has more of a regional kind of reputation. It's more of a regional kind of park. There, they did have uh, some hand sanitizers. They were asking people to sanitize as they went into the queue, as they left the queue. They did have some markers in the queue line. Some people were sticking to it, some people weren't. Um, the good thing with Flamingo Land, however, is that the the rides tend to be outside. The stations are they don't have walls on. You know, most most of the rides. In fact, there's very few rides that are indoors at uh, Flamingo Land. Even the major coasters, they just have like a roof on, and then sort of the breeze comes in and out. Um, in terms of cleaning the rides at Flamingo Land, I, I didn't see them clean the rides. Um, at Alton Towers, I did see them clean the rides, and what they were doing on Wickerman is they were kind of alternating. Um, so they were sending a train through, and then they were sort of alternating the seats that people were going in. So they'd have people sat every other seat on Wickerman, then the next train would come in, and they'd and they'd kind of alternate again, and then they'd clean it down. So they'll kind of clean it down almost every two cycles on each train. Um, at Pleasure Beach, yeah, again, they were sort of cleaning down, um, and again, they're asking you to hand sanitise. So 
Uh, Sam, I mean, uh, you've been to uh, Chessington as well. I think you've been to Fork as well, and you've been to Adventure mm. Island. So what, what's been your impression of the measures that have been taken so far that you've seen in the UK? Well, it was funny. So <clears throat> when I... Uh, first went to Chessington. It was actually on the it was actually on the on the on the fourth of July, so right on opening day for most of our parks um, across the country last month. And it was interesting because the the change that happened that that has happened between the very first day of operation for these parks to now um, has been re- you know massive. Obviously, on 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 the first day they were really kind of getting used to how they were going to operate with the cleaning and the enhanced cleaning. And so at Chessington. I remember it was very funny. They were having, they were flying through the. Uh, I was, I was in the line for for uh, Vampire, and they were flying through the trains. Um, and then every sort of twenty minutes or so, they'd do an, a deep clean where they would spray both the trains down, um, which would take around about ten fifteen minutes. But they were very good because whenever they had to do that, they would tell everyone in the air gates. They'd obviously make a make an announcement over the PA system, um, and their communication was fantastic. And I still, I mean, I haven't been back since, but from what I've seen online, um, for people that have been recently, uh, that it's it's just it's only gone from strength to strength. So, I mean, I take my hat off to to someone like Chessington because they've they've really worked hard on uh, on kind of getting that done as as quickly and as safely as possible. Um, and in terms of Thorpe Park, yeah, same again. They were very very vigilant, very communicative. Um, they were getting their getting their throughput through as fast as they could uh, chessington uh, thorpe i would say were definitely on the slower side chessington were were much quicker um general uh, but thorpe were definitely on the slower side when it came to sort of operations and uh and getting their getting their coasters through um but still i mean i can't agree with you enough ryan you know the the park that seems to be doing the best out of all of them, uh, really, in my opinion, but the best in the best part that's ha- or the the part that's handled this the best um, is Alton Towers. Um, they've been so fast with all of their sanitation pr- programs and 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 their um, their compliance to making sure that the park was run safely in terms of enforcing social distancing and stuff. I, I can't fault them. You know, Alton Towers have been at the top of their game. I would then say Chessington are, are a close second. They, they, they're really good and really strong with what with with everything they're doing. Um, and people seem to be seem to, seemed to be kind of sticking to it as well at Chessington and Thorpe, which was nice. Um, but yeah, Adventure Island was a bit of a different scenario because I don't think they get as many crowds there. It's kind of the, the crowd kind of comes and goes in waves so when i was there i was there in the morning sort of in the first couple of hours of when the park opened um and it was dead it was so quiet i mean we were the only me and my friend who was there we were the only people that were on the ride cycles for half the time so but again they were cleaning everything down and, and being friendly and communicative as ever um people were wearing masks and again you were outside so you didn't necessarily have to wear a mask when you are walking around the park itself just because you are out right by the ocean breeze and everything but um when you were on the rides themselves obviously in close contact with other staff members and stuff then yes you had to um but chessington were great uh thought park are great i haven't yet done legoland surprisingly even though it's right next to me I, i haven't yet gone around to that but um yeah i can't i still think the best in the country is alton towers in my personal opinion but uh but yeah, I can't fault the other team. 
what was your impression um, at Pleasure Beach? Did you think, you know, because it was very different um, on the Friday, it wasn't too busy, and so it felt a little bit more relaxed, and then we saw kind of the full force on Saturday. Did We had to leave the park, didn't we, for... Uh, sort of two or three hours in the end because it just sort of felt too uh, busy at times. How? What was your experience like at Pleasure Beach? Because 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 the problem is, um, it seems to me, Pleasure Beach have put an awful lot of effort into, you know, they've really thought about the measures they want to do, but it just feels the park is just so small uh, compared to Alton Towers. It almost feels like. Um, it, it depends on almost every single person doing the right thing and if only a few people don't it kind of ruins the experience for everyone so what what was your view on that yeah i, I agree i think i think blackpool have it quite different uh difficult because um yeah, they're, they're a really small park and there's got a lot of they've got a lot of people coming in and out all the time and yeah it was like we said, I mean, the Friday didn't seem too bad. Um, from what I from what I saw, people when it came to standing in the extensions of queue lines, so we're talking like temporary um, fencing and stuff, they didn't really seem to care. When I was not, I'm not talking about the staff here. I'm talking about guests. Um, they didn't really seem to care when standing in temporary queue lines because I don't think there was such a um, an official it didn't feel quite that official. Do you, do you know what I mean? But as soon as they got into serious, uh, the, the, the actual proper, you know, entranceways to the rides and things, um, that's when people started he- adhering to it a little bit more. So it was interesting. I don't know if people think, oh, it's a temporary queue line, so it doesn't really matter because, you know, it's there's no official rules in place anyway. Um, but I did find that with Pleasure Beach. I thought I, it was interesting to me. But as soon as you got into temporary fencing, People were like, "Oh, I don't really care." But then, as soon as you got into the actual ride, uh, or like in the actual official queue line, people would would actually start taking it seriously. So that that's all I've really got to say. Otherwise, I thought um, staff were good, and uh, you know they were communicative as ever. And people that care actually wanted to wear a mask were wearing a mask. But yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a weird one about that. Did you find that rhyme? Yeah, yeah, I've I've felt exactly the same. Um... But, I mean, the one thing I will say is Pleasure Beach were well ahead of the game in terms of face masks because they that's where they blitzed Alton Towers because they came out almost straight away with some brilliant face masks. They had the Mr. Funshine mask and they had the Icon mask. And uh, from what I understand, Alton Towers were trying to sell masks that had a Vekoma boomerang on for some weird reason. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why. So that's one thing I will say. Um, Stephen, does, does this all sound quite familiar? Are there any kind of nuances or, or differences that you see in, in over in the USA? Well, um, so it sounds very familiar. It was interesting that you were talking about the temporary queues. We don't, I haven't seen that in any of the parks I've been to. Um, uh, if, if they spill out of the, the actual queue line, they just, people just spill out onto the midway. Um, and you just do your best to form a line. Um, so there's, we don't really have that. Um, so, you know, like I said, the um, major chains, Six Flags, has been, you know, decent. Um, they, um, both Six Flags I went to, the security guards were a little bit more on top of telling the guests, put your mask up. 
Um, they were nice about it. They would recognize, we know it's hot. We know you don't want to. Just you got to pull it up over your nose. Um, King's Island um, that I went to, hands down, the best in terms of people listening to social distancing, people wearing the face masks. They didn't have to really tell anybody to do those things. People were just doing them. Um, so th my huge hats off to, to Kings Island. Um, and then you have a lot of the local, you know, smaller theme parks. So places like Indiana beach, Indiana beach says you have to have face masks to enter the gate, the front gate. You have to have face coverings on inside all the stores and restaurants, and you have to have face coverings in the queue lines and in the ride stations. However, um, you do have to wear it walking in the gate uh, people don't have to wear them walking on the midways they weren't forcing it inside shops and restaurants but they were not forcing it in ride lines or the stations even their own staff was not wearing um, face mask covering so a lot of the smaller parks that are independently owned have way more relaxed uh, policies if you go to Mount Olympus the employees aren't even mandated to wear face masks. They, they, nobody wears them. Nobody really is cleaning rides. Um, as much as I will say it, Mount Olympus does clean their rides after every single, um, cycle. So they're on top of it. Six Flags and Cedar Fair, uh, every hour, roughly every hour, they stop operations, they sanitize the trains, and then they don't get sanitized again for another hour. So that's what I'm seeing in the U.S. right now. So one of the uh, differences that I've seen, uh, although the requirements to wear masks have now been tightened in the U.K., so whereas before you had to wear them just in uh, shops and then the parks were asking people to wear them in ride stations, now it's the, it, they've got a lot stricter now. So they're saying where you're indoors, you need to be wearing a mask and, and so on. So that's got a little bit stricter now. Um, so that's to be seen. That has been enforced more from the messaging that I've seen, especially from Alton Towers and other parks. But from what, from what I was seeing, I don't know if this is right, Stephen, but I, I was seeing, especially in the Disney parks, people were having to wear the masks even just walking around the park. Now, that's not something that we've had to do in the UK. It, does, that, it, does that differ state to state or is that a federal you know request um how no, is that we, sort of panning out no i almost laughed when you said federal request um because here in the u.s there, there really is no federal request right there's guidelines but they're not enforcing anything on a federal level um it is a a state-to-state -state basis um and each state has its own policies and own level of severity with those um here in illinois we have one of the strictest policies uh, actually the city of chicago itself now this is just for the city not for the rest of the state but they have a travel ban so if well i can't say a travel ban because you can travel but they have a policy where if you travel to certain states and cities that are on a list, you have to quarantine minimum 14 days. So if you don't quarantine, if, if someone were to find out you traveled to another to a state or a city that's located on that list, if you went there and you did not quarantine for 14 days, you're subject to fines. Um, so... 
the city of Chicago is super strict now. So a lot of people aren't moving around. A lot of people aren't going to other states. A lot of people aren't going to theme parks. Um, that's also kind of dictating our policies. Um, but it is, it's a state to state thing. Like I said, Indiana beach, very relaxed. Um, if you go up to Wisconsin, even more relaxed up in, uh, uh, Mount Olympus, but then you go somewhere like, um, you know, like Ohio and it's, you know, it's pretty strict. They, you have to wear face coverings and things like that. So which measures do we think are the most effective or at least the most reassuring and which ones do we think are possibly not that effective and, and have we got any ideas of maybe extra things they could do or maybe things that they could do less the, of perhaps the entry procedure from six flags is top-notch phenomenal i wish every single park in the world operated the way six flags is right now with the way you enter their park it is completely contactless and it does not require you to stop um so when they're checking your temperature you just walk through a machine that reads your temperature you just walk through there you don't have to stop and they have to point a you know a thermometer at your forehead and then uh, get the reading um, so the lines move very very efficiently um, and also the new um, uh, metal detectors and bag checks you you used to if you had a bag you used to have to put it on a go up to a security guard they put it on a table and then physically go through your bag with a little stick they don't do that anymore it's it you walk through you continue to walk and it will alert them if, if you need to have your bag checked physically. Um, but it, it has been top-notch, you know, and compare that with some of the smaller parks that don't have the money to invest in there. It definitely takes a lot longer to get into those smaller parks. I think that should be implemented every single theme park, every single year. It improves the guest experience. I think we should do it. Um, and the same with mobile ordering. It, you know, using a mobile app, to order your food or to do a virtual queue with your phone top-notch improves the guest experience those should definitely um, stay in my opinion yeah so uh, um, at Pleasure Beach they've um, they've scrapped they used to get like um, a physical wristband that someone had to put around your wrist and it had like um, a barcode on it and that used to get you into the park and used to scan onto the rides so what they've done is they've now got rid of that and they now uh, send you um, basically a barcode to your phone um, and you use that uh, now to just scan yourself into the park and now they've got rid of the turnstiles uh, going on. To, well, the, the turnstiles are still there, but you don't have to scan yourself onto the ride anymore. So that's made it an awfully... Um, a lot less contact... a lot, a lot more contactless um, at Pleasure Beach... Uh, um, Alton Towers, um, they're, it, it's still pretty much the same. Um, what you're doing is you're basically uh, getting a temperature check, then you're showing someone your phone, you open up your bag and you have to touch your bag and then you show them it, they kind of look inside and then off you go. So I don't f I've not seen any uh, technology really at any of the park entrances. I think what they've done is they've kind of adapted what they've already got and maybe got a little bit slacker on some of the requirements that they had before. It will be interesting to see what happens now going forward because um, after we had, unfortunately, we had an incident at Thorpe Park um, 
I think it was either last week or a couple of weeks ago, uh, where someone was um, someone had brought in a, in, a, in a weapon in a weapon and was and was essentially stabbed, or there were reports of someone being stabbed um, in the theme park, which is totally unheard of um, and really shocking actually. Um, but now what what Thorpe Park have introduced is um, instead of having someone kind of scan you with a with a with a hand scanner for any kind of metal uh the items that you may have um you have to now go through actual airport security um metal checks and bag checks and stuff like airport like scanners as if you're at the airport um and yeah and that that is the first time that they've actually physically implemented every single guest having to go through that um and i think to my knowledge Thor Park. I know they do it at Chess at uh, Blackpool. Sorry, because I remember doing having that done. But um, Thor Park are the only park down south that you actually have to go like through full-on metal detectors um, and proper airport security to even get into the park. So it'll be interesting to see if that will slow down the entry entry process. Or I mean, obviously it needs to happen regardless because of the obviously what what recently happened. So, um, but it'll be interesting to see kind of how how that affects um, everything moving forward. You know, the um, the one area, I don't know how this is over there, but here in the States, the one area that I see that really needs improvement is the shopping experience. Because um, you have to go into a small store for the most part. You have to touch things, you know, touch different shirts that other people have touched. Um, breathe uh, potentially on, uh, etc. Um, so the shopping experience is not optimized, and they don't really have a solution. Um, so I've actually suggested to management of Six Flags at different parks um, to incorporate that into their mobile app. Um, so that imagine if I am sitting down to eat, and I want to do a bit of shopping. So I pull out my phone, I pull up the mobile app, I can see each store and I can see their inventory and I can buy things through the mobile app just like I would food or anything else. Um, and then um, the park would have my merchandise that I bought ready to go for me for when I leave the park. So then I don't have to carry it around. I don't have to, in Six Flags' case, you can't leave the park because there's no re-entry now. So if you leave the park, you can't come back in. So instead of carrying around this big bag or whatever all day long, it could be held at the front gates, um, and I just pick it up and leave when I go. It, I think that that would be so smart. I don't have to go into a store. Um, and it also, um, I think it would be good for, the, for shopping because now you don't have to rely on guests passing a store, seeing something, walking into it. They can sit there leisurely as they're waiting in line, as they're walking through the park, and they can be shopping as they go. Um, I think that that's a big improvement that they need. Um, do they have anything like that over there? I, th I, th I think that's an absolute class idea. Um, that's that's great. I don't know why it doesn't make sense to people why they haven't haven't done that already. Um, well, I, was... I mean, we do. We, I mean, we do have all. I mean, they have the online stores, but I mean, you'd have to. I don't. I mean, I, I'm sure they used to do it at Alton Towers, where you used to be able to pick things and then and then grab them later. I'm sure you used to be able to do that. Um, but the the rule they've they've got in the UK is uh, or in the parks normally is 
you have to wear a face mask anyway in in shops um but they tell you not to touch anything unless you're actually going to buy it so that's that's the kind of message that they give now that's all well and good but um i bought um a smiler hoodie um in a certain size um and then but then i couldn't try it on <laughs> but luckily we were staying the night at Holland house so i tried it on in in over in the hotel and then um it, it wasn't quite the right size so i had to take it back and then change it so that problem wouldn't be solved i guess if if i did it by mobile i'd, I'd have still got that size um but then i'd have found out later that i'd got the wrong size <laughs> so that's the only problem with that is that um we have this weird in the uk i don't know why but we have this weird thing where you can get a large in one thing and it can be really really small and then you get a large in something else and and it's huge you know it seems to happen and especially between uh pleasure beach and Olin towers i notice that the sizing is so completely different and from product to product sometimes the sizing is completely different so that's the only problem with that really is that you never really sh- it's kind of like a bit of a lucky dip sometimes if you get into something in the right size so that's the only problem with it i guess yeah, for sure. I think the only way to combat that is the same way you would combat online ordering, which is to have a size chart um, and to express that in, well, here it'd be inches, right? Um, but over there it'd be centimeters or whatever. Um, oh, we still have we still have inches in, in the UK um, for, for sizes usually. So. Okay, good. So, so, yeah, so that would be the best way to say our large is this many inches, right? Um, and so that's the best way I think to do it because, um, that problem already exists in the world. So they're not creating an issue with that, um, with online ordering. Um, I, I just, you know, I also think of just all the little things I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to buy stuff, all the little knickknacks, you know, you buy a little snow globe or you buy cups or coffee mugs. And sometimes I, I don't buy merchandise because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to carry that. And what if I put my stuff, some rides I got to buy a locker. Well, now I'm going to have to buy lockers for rides. I may not have had to buy it if I didn't have this stuff. And so, so those come into question. I would love to be able just to pick what I want, order it, have it at the front gate and, and just pick it up and go. I just think that'd be so cool, you know? And, 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 you know, yeah, you're right. It doesn't address the size issue, but I think it's a good workaround during COVID for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, um, Sam, have you got any thoughts in terms of anything additional that needs to be put into place, or do you think all the right measures are in place at the moment? I think it's pretty it's pretty good, and everyone's doing the best they can at the moment. I love the fact that you can just have your ticket ready to go on a phone and just scan it at the, at the front gate. Um, I absolutely love that, and I love that they're using that more now. They're like they're encouraging that even more. Well, in fact, it's like the only way for some parks, isn't it? Um, so I love that. I think that should continue. Really, the only thing that I would say is just the parks need to be stricter, and they need to almost have not security, but like certain people at certain checkpoints just to reinforce like can you put your mask on properly or you know can you remain socially distanced within the queue lines you know because announcements and sort of just putting things on the website isn't really enough uh, to be honest and people don't really seem to be 
understanding the severity of it in terms of like they, they don't that they, they just kind of take it take it you know for granted and just kind of don't don't really think it's that important and therefore don't do it but i think if there was a bit more of a presence of of uh urgency about keeping your mask on and staying socially distanced um and the parks were really enforcing that more then i, I think people would listen in it would start to happen more and and it would you know provide a safer environment i'm not talking about just walking around the parks you know that's fine you know because we can usually you can distance yourself out um i'm talking about when you're in like 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 lines for rides and things i think there still could be more enforcement could still be done um and i think in certain places needs to be done um because it's still not taken that seriously and isn't followed by everyone I agree, and I think it's an easy solution, too, and that's put a big chair, a tall chair like a lifeguard has. Put them there kind of towards the center of the queue or, or on a, a corner of the queue that you can see the whole queue. And <laughs> give them a bullhorn. I, I mean, it's, it, it, to me, it's that easy. You know, It doesn't require a staff to be walking through the line getting close to people. They can social distance being high up above have an eagle eye view it only takes one staff member to do it i think that's a great idea and i think that um there's definitely low cost ways to to achieve that mm, that's literally exactly what i was thinking i was um for, for example uh, you know at the front of every attraction i don't think actually that i've seen this yet but i haven't seen greeters at the front of the attraction standing there saying before you enter the ride like can you please put your mask on can you please like I, uh, pull I your mask up it. i've seen it alton towers alton towers are doing that definitely alton towers are okay maybe i don't think i've seen it down here i mean again i haven't been to the chessington or well i've been to thorpe more recently and that wasn't happening at thorpe but at chessington um i haven't seen that happen at the front um sorry i i didn't see that on the 4th of july but that could be happening now i don't know because i haven't been back but yeah, uh, but I'd imagine if it happened, at, if it's happening at Alton, then it's going to be happening across all of them, you know. So yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Um, okay, so just going on to a couple of comments from uh, the Theme Park Loopy Facebook page. Rob Melrose says, "I visited Blackpool Pleasure Beach, Alton Towers, and Fort Park over multiple days, and all three have done great things." I think for me that Blackpool Pleasure Beach could have been a lot more proactive in places such as implementing the one ways better, dividing the ramps for example, and putting proper markers out of icons queue over the side markers that don't make sense. Yeah, I mean those those side markers on icon they look good, but I'm not sure they're very clear. Alton and Forp have done uh, have had good and bad days. I was blown away with the efforts of Thorpe, the clear marking, signage, etc. And I wish Merlin had taken that concept and level Thorpe had put in and ran with it everywhere. Yeah, so so there seems to be some inconsistency across the Merlin parts because it sounds like Thorpe have done something that hasn't been done at Alton Towers, so um, I'm not sure about that. Um, that's and then that's Cru- interesting. I, I, I thought um, Thorpe, when I visited... Um, that there was a sense of disorganisation there. 
Uh, not, I don't mm. want to shame any any part publicly or anything, but um, and I'm sure that could have been just an off day for them. You know, everyone has their off days, but I think I still feel like they could have been they could have been uh, stricter with everything. You know, it's been. Do you know? Um, I've noticed this, there's a lot of inconsistency with floor markings. I, I don't know why. Um, most places have gone with the concept of there's a marker you stand on the marker. But Disney, and and some other people I've noticed, well, I've gone with the concept of, there's a marker, you don't stand on the marker. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that can confuse people. So, um, I think at some point, they need to kind of get, the industry needs to kind of get their heads together <laughs> and kind of come up with, you know, here's a common way of doing things. Because if they want to get, guests to behave in certain ways they need to be able to see things that they're very familiar with and so when you see things that are different from park to park it's always going to be a bit tricky trying to get them to behave in the way that you want them to behave so i think in the uk i mean merlin have pretty much got a monopoly on the larger parks really i think they've probably got a duty to make sure that it's consistent across all the parks i think that'd be a really good idea um but yeah, it's, it's a share. I mean, I, I've also heard that Thorpe has felt a little bit disorganised at times. But I also think Thorpe, Thorpe struggles from, in theory, it's kind of a big park. But the reality is that a lot of the walkways are quite tight. You know, it's got that, it's, you know, you're kind of on different islands, aren't you? And you're kind of going through these little sort of, um, you know, walk areas. So I think it can feel quite tight. So I can understand Thorpe feeling disorganised, whereas Alton Towers is so spread out um, that it does feel a little bit more organised, so it might just be a bit of that as well. Um, Chris Long says, uh, no, they're all pretty sound, although my only grumble is that people not keeping the distance, that's not the park's fault though, and and that's like what we said earlier, where if, if a couple of people decide that they're not going to follow the rules, then uh, what can you do? Because especially in queue lines, I mean, you can't really have staff members, you know, kind of sitting in queue lines or even just outside the queue lines. Otherwise, there might potentially be in a ride area. So how do you enforce that, especially in a queue line, if someone's deciding not to distance? Um, I was wondering, Stephen, um, in in the UK, um, I, th- I think people feel like... Um, I feel like there's a bit more of agreement that there's rules there and people need to follow it. And if people aren't following the rules, they really become like almost like pariahs, you know, everyone, you know, because I think it's partly because, you know, we have the NHS and the whole me- uh, message is, you know, you need to protect the NHS, and you need to protect the nurses. So if you're not following the rules and you're not wearing your mask, it's almost like you're letting down the country. Um, whereas I'm, I'm kind of sensing in the US there seems to be a bit of a split in terms of there's some people who see it that way and then there's some people saying, actually, I don't want to and I'm, I'm not going to because, you know, that's that's the way it is. It's, uh, you know, my right is not to wear a mask. So, you know, what what are you what are you sensing in the parks if, if people aren't following the rules? So um, what I'm noticing is that... Um, it really depends. There's two different people, right? There's there's some people that really say, look, that's their business. Do do what you do because a lot of people aren't following the rules to begin with. So if you oust one person, you're going to oust a lot of people.
but the other uh, the other side of it is there's a lot of shaming going on. I mean, I see people posting like the fanboys of different parks shaming other people, taking pictures of them not wearing their masks, posting them in groups on Facebook. Um, and the, I have an issue with that personally because, you know, if you want to report that people are wearing their mask, that's fine. If you want to say, hey, man, social distancing at this park is really bad. But to, but to take specific photos of cer just certain people just to shame them on the Internet um, is an issue. And, and it is definitely happening over here. Yeah, that's a shame. That that shouldn't be happening. I don't think anyone really should be taking pictures of anyone randomly that they don't know. But at the same time, yeah, then putting that on the Internet and being like, and saying, oh, I can't believe this person's wearing a mask. How ridiculous. That's not That's not cool at all. Um, well, and, yeah. And, and then, you know, these are people who are in groups of certain parks, right? So I'm not going to mention names, but... So they're claiming, um, we love our park, we love our park. But if you listen to what the message is, they're essentially, when they do this, saying, hey, look at these people not following the the policies and look at the park not enforcing it so it's kind of they're not achieving their goal if they love the park and then um report it internally but don't don't make it public on a social media site that's going to bring negative attention now people may not want to visit that park because they feel like that park's not doing enough and it, it might not even be the case right they may have taken a picture of someone who pulled their mask down for a minute or two or whatever the case was but for the park to, to be kind of lumped into that, look, you're not doing your job conversation really isn't, it's not achieving the right goal, I don't think. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And, uh, and um, you know, what I would add to it, in, in the UK, um, they do have, um, you know, special, uh, you know, they have tickets for people who, uh, you know, require assistance, for example, uh, and there's people who also have medical reasons for not having, you know, they don't need to wear a mask for for medical reasons, and they're they're being given, you know, passes that allow them to, you know, be in the park without a mask. So you never quite know. You know, you might be looking at someone and thinking, well, why are they not wearing a mask? Well, there may be a really good reason why they're not wearing a mask and uh, what i think people need to realize is um <clears throat> the reason you wear a mask is to protect uh, other people from yourself not to protect you so as long as the majority of people are wearing a mask you know even if there's some people are medically caught then they are going to be you know very effective um so there are going to be exceptions and you need to just be aware of that so yeah i'd definitely say that you shouldn't take i mean you shouldn't be taking random pictures of people anywhere, and I think shaming people definitely isn't on either. All right, so let's just uh, wrap this up a little bit then. So, uh, Sam, have you, have you got any final thoughts before we start to wrap up? Uh, no, just you know, just enjoy the parks and and stay safe and listen to the and listen to the guidelines and follow the guidelines for the sake of everyone else as well as yourself you know and um enjoy getting out there we've got some gorgeous weather happening in the uk really soon so uh, uh this week is going to be scorching hot so get out to the parks you know stay hydrated stay cool um and have a great summer yeah Stephen. yeah um so very similar thought process there Look, we're here to have fun, guys. This is, this is, 
this is literally a hobby. This is literally supposed to be fun. It's called an amusement park for a reason, to amuse you. So keep that in mind when you're going to these parks. If you're going out to complain uh, or to point out, um, you know, how not ideal the situation is for you or or how you just want to gripe about something you know do us all a favor stay home you're not going to have a good time at the park we're not going to have a good time um you know but if you really want to get out there and have fun then go out there and enjoy yourself take the take the precautions you need wear a mask stay six feet apart from people you know use hand sanitizer this isn't rocket scientists we're not asking you to reinvent the wheel um go out there and have fun man follow the guidelines don't ruin it for everybody and uh we're all in this together so let's all work together and let's all let's all have fun together yeah i definitely um echo that and also you know just as like a final point you know um even though it's it it seems frustrating when you're seeing crowds of people um in a park you know the parks are doing the best to to manage them and also we kind of need the parks to be busy at the same time because we need the parks to be able to survive um it isn't realistic for Alton Towers to have 500 people in the park you know they can't be open so you know the parks have you know they've had to look at you know what kind of numbers can we have in the park that realistically allows us to open? And we talked about this, Stephen, a few months ago where I said Pleasure Beach will be crunching the numbers in particular because it's such a tight park and there'll be numbers that they have to get to in order for them even to break even, you know, never mind, you know, making a profit. I mean, hopefully they are making money, but no doubt they've probably lost money as well. So seeing the parks busy, it's a good thing. I was really pleased to see uh, Pleasure Beach busy, people turning out at Pleasure Beach. That's brilliant. Um, You know, places like Alton Towers, they can perhaps absorb a little bit of the cost because, you know, they're owned by, you know, Lego and so on. Uh, But these kind of family parks, so parks like Pleasure Beach, parks like flamingo land which has been in the same family for for so long we we need to support them and um i know that some people have been quite critical in terms of the measures that have been taken but it's very complicated it's not always black and white and they are doing the best but if you genuinely don't feel safe then then don't go but if you do feel safe and you are going to follow the rules and do go uh, and like Stephen and sam have said you know most importantly enjoy yourself you know so be kind to the staff uh be patient and enjoy yourself those are the key messages okay so uh just before we start to wrap up then um theme park loopy you can find us on facebook you can find us on youtube we've just surpassed 1000 followers now on facebook so thank you so much for following our page it's amazing uh, and we love you following us, and we love making content. Um, Stephen, do you want to remind people where they can find Frill Max? Yep, uh, that would be on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. Remember, Thrill Max is two words. Max has two X's. Sam? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just hit me up on at Blog on instagram and you can find the link in the bio there to the blog as well okay right 
Thank you so much, and this podcast is over.